0: You're listening to the Toolstation Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 12 of the Toolstation Station Western League podcast with me Ian Knockolds and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the bulletin. Hello Tom how are you?
1: Yeah not doing too bad a uh, little bit of a cold but nothing that will keep me from uh, discussing discussing all the the uh, yeah all the goings on in in the Western League so yeah not doing too bad. Yourself?
0: Well, I'm not bad. I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit worried I was going to miss all the action at the weekend because uh, I went on a, a very pleasant little family breakaway um, to, uh, well, very close to Eastbourne. Um, Over the weekend, we had a long weekend with the kids and it was it was absolutely it was beautiful. It was a bit of a national trust crawl, went to a number of properties. And uh, normally I wouldn't talk about all of this on the podcast. Well, I actually normally I probably would, wouldn't I? You know me. (laughs) Um, But the point is, it's not football. But actually, there wasn't a great deal of football to be had. Was it the weather took rather a... uh, hammer blow to our fixture list at the weekend. So I think there's probably plenty of games I could catch up just um, um, just to get myself back in the groove. Um, but that, I suppose in some respects, that's good news for us on the podcast because it means that we get uh, the opportunity to do a comprehensive review of the weekend's fixtures. Um, coming up, we've got interviews with Adam Castle, um, the, uh, the manager at Buckland, and Stuart Jones, the manager at Ashton uh, and Backwell so we start by having a look at the fixtures on saturday the 26th of october only seven matches made it three in the premier division four in the first division and we'll kick off with two of the premier division's bigger hitters bridgewater town they took on buckland athletic
1: yeah it's a really good game down there uh bridgewater just about salvaging a point in the end uh, finished free all but buckland uh, yeah put, them, put themselves in position uh, to gain gain the three points, but uh, yeah, they had to had to make do with one in the end. Uh, it was Bridgewater who uh, who led by one goal to nil at the break, uh, with a cross come shot from Jake Brown, uh, nestling in the the back of the net uh, before uh, Richard Groves then equalised from the spot four minutes into the second half, giving Buckland a bit of a bit of a fill up before during the second half, and uh, yeah, he continued Groves having a have an excellent day in front of goal, made it two one uh, with a free kick. Uh, pretty soon after uh, levelling affairs, uh, and then, uh, yeah, managed to just complete his hat-trick uh, 20 minutes from time. Uh, I think that's now uh, five goals in three for, for Grove, so he's banging form for Buckland. Uh, and as I say, it looked like they were going to gonna get the, uh, yeah, pretty pretty impressive victory. Uh, but Bridgewater had other ideas, and it was Harry Horton, uh, very much the saviour. Uh, five minutes from time, he managed to, to, to uh, uh, bury a long-range volley uh, to, to bring them back into the game uh, and then in stoppage time uh, with his left foot this time emerged to, to get an equaliser uh, and it, yeah that's how it stayed so obviously Bridgewater uh, coming back to, to claim a free all draw at home to Buckland but a really good game down there
0: Absolutely, and that was my game to watch last week in the Premier Division because I'd noticed that Buckland's fortunes, although they'd got off to a poor start this season, Buckland's fortunes had certainly improved in recent weeks and I'm sure that that's part in no small measure to the return, once again, of Adam Castle, of course, a man synonymous with that football club who's moved upstairs to become sporting director. Indeed, he moved across the Irish Sea to live in Ireland, um, but um, he's moved downstairs back to the dugout and he's taken the reins um, to see them through through another difficult uh, time for the for the Devon club. Well, with that in mind, I started my conversation um, with Adam by asking him, given the form that Bridgewater Town have been in this season, and certainly they've got all the credentials for promotion chasers, whether or not he'd have taken the point that they achieved on Saturday before the game. To be honest, Ian, you're not
2: the only one who's asked, uh, asked me that in the last 48 hours. But uh, Yeah, I think... If we're honest, yes, we probably would have done because it's earmarked as it's, it's one of the toughest away games of our season. And if you can get something from the game, great. But yes, I would have done. But clearly, if you'd have offered me that at uh, twenty to five on Saturday at three one half, I would
0: have said no. You know, given recent results and everything, I mean, were you, uh, and, and, and notwithstanding the um, the position that you're in on Saturday, I mean, how 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 happy were you with the performance? Bridgewater's is not an easy place to go, is it? No, absolutely not. No,
2: I was delighted with the performance and uh, proud of all the players, to be honest. And I, I, I've said in a, in, a, in a separate interview that I think we were victims of our own confidence on the day because at three one it looked like being four one five one. So we were pushing and pushing, which is I think just natural. You know, when you're playing so well. I mean, we were down Camelford a few weeks ago, only two one up in Navars, not playing very well, and we sat on the lead and, and we saw the game out perfectly. Whereas on Saturday. We were going half a lever for the fourth, and although we were trying to stop it, it wasn't easy to stop. And then Bridgewater, being Bridgewater, kept going themselves. Got a couple of long distance efforts on target. They flew in the corner, and you know, fair play to them.
0: I mean, were you pleased that the match uh, was able to get ahead? Uh, was able to go ahead on Saturday because obviously we, we lost so many fixtures at the weekend because of the weather.
2: Yeah, absolutely delighted. I mean, I, I wasn't sure about the weather was because I was travelling for the game at the time. But um, uh, Bridgewater is one of the best, if not the best, in the pitch for drainage, certainly. I mean, the pitch was fabulous on Saturday. You wouldn't have even known we'd had the rain we'd had. You know, so full credit to Bridgewater and their ground staff. You know, it was absolutely, it was never in doubt. You know, we even warmed up on the pitch, and I walked across it afterwards, shake the referee's hand and all that. And, you know, it wasn't even it wasn't even cut up. It was absolutely brilliant.
0: Now, there's an air, there's an air of déjà vu to this interview, because, of course, I think the last time... Um, that we were in regular contact we were speaking quite a lot about the weather on that occasion um, and indeed um, you'd, uh, you'd come back to the club uh, under those circumstances as well because obviously you've moved on to um, become director of football we'll talk about that in a minute but it has been a disappointing um, start for you uh, this season However, the draw that you got on, on Saturday, that comes off the back of three consecutive wins. So in recent, recent weeks, at least, the form has improved um, substantially.
2: It has. I mean, um, what we've tried to do, um, myself, Jack Furser, who was the head coach at the time, who has moved on subsequently uh, taking the job at Elmore with his friend Steve Orchard and Neil Montedon, you know, we, we just went back to basics and did a basic shape and basic hard work. And just try not to complicate things a little bit. I mean, for me, it's a tried and tested method. You know, you, you look at the squad of players, what formation suits them, it's this formation, let's go and do that. And let's stick to that. And let's train like that, let's play every game like that. You know, and, and that's what we're doing. And we, we are seeing the rewards from that. Lads are turning up now, almost knowing 95% of the team selection. There's no nobody sitting there wondering what we're going to do this week, which shape are we going to do this week. So we've just simplified things, to be honest with you, Ian, and, and we're getting the rewards. But, you know, we just keep going. You know, we're, we're, it wasn't a great start. It wasn't horrific, but it wasn't as good as we had anticipated as a club. And, you know, you can see on Saturday, you know, it's a great point, but you're still languishing miles away from the pace, you know. So we've got to, we've got to keep bringing the results in. But, of course, we're on two cup games now. So um, slightly different thought process for these two and our next league game is Tavistock where we've lost 5-0 this season already so we're up against it now we've got two must-win cup games and then some, some really difficult league games
0: Now what about your own position at the club? Obviously um, uh, you are currently the director of, of football and you have been for, for, for a couple of seasons now um, but yeah. what, is the, what is the current news on finding a new sort of full-time manager for the first team?
2: OK well um, it's work well for that in two parts Know, people people are, uh, will obviously think, how come you know Adam keeps going back in charge? Uh, and I get asked that a lot. Part of my role as director of football is to take control if there is no manager in place. So it's inevitable that if things go wrong and there's a change being made or a manager moving on for their own, for, for their own choice, I'm going to be back in the hot seat for a period of time. It could be a week, it could be a month, it could be the rest of the season. Um, what we're just trying to do now, because... You know, we didn't anticipate Richard leaving. You know, we, we, we had a three- to five-year plan, um, which, unfortunately, we, we wasn't moving fast enough for us, you know, 12 months on, so hence the change. At this point, you know, I'm happy with the, the, the quality of the squad. It's a little bit short on numbers, but, you know, that's fine. We've got a reserve team and a development team, so we, you know, we're, we're always picking from 50 or 60. We can't complain we haven't got enough people. And I'm happy with the support staff around me, Neil them is first team coach. Steve Charles is the assistant, and we have a, a top class physio in Paige Burrows. So, you know, at the moment, we're not actively looking to bring in a manager as such. You know, I'm not saying we wouldn't add a senior person to some coaching staff potentially, but at the moment, we're just we've, we've calmed things down a bit. Player turnover was very very high. To go on forever because it's, that's impossible where I'm living. But um, for now, we're not active, shall I say? And maybe we'll review that in the new year.
0: Well, it's certainly it's certainly working for you at the moment. You, you've got Cheddar in the Les Phillips. Um, you've mentioned this already in the cup competitions, and then you've got St. Austell in the Vars. Now that must be a massive game for the club.
2: It is. I mean, um, obviously, with the Cheddar game coming up tonight, um, you know, we've not really, I've not turned my attention. To I need to be very respectful to Tedder and the Phillips Cup, but you know we are aware of what can happen from having a really good cup run. Um, you know, it was only three years ago we were in the last eight of the bars, um, and we are very well out. Can galvanise everybody? All of a sudden, there's a lot of interest in your team. You know, players are interested again. You know, and it's, it's just really, really good for the club. And having said Arsenal, you know, I mean, it could have been an easier try, of course, than But I think, I think management teams are going to go into that game on Saturday thinking they can win and that should play for a very, very good game I don't think either of us is going to be cagey and sitting on the nil-nil I think we just both believe we can win the game and that should vote for an extremely exciting afternoon
0: after the Vars, you've got Tavistock in the league. You mentioned that you've you've already um, you've already had a, a difficult result there. But what's interesting about that to me is that uh, we've seen obviously since we first started talking on the podcast an increase in the number of Devon clubs coming into the league. Has that affected you uh, or the or the club at all? I mean, obviously it's it must make travel slightly easier with fewer longer journeys. But I mean, is there an issue with competition for local players?
2: Yeah, there has been. I mean, uh, uh, even if you look at the restructuring going on below and how watered down Step 6 is now, you know, with all the teams that are in Step 6, that's only one league um, below us. So we haven't got that. The attraction isn't there like it was when it was a huge step up to Buckland. Now people can play one league below and stay very, very local. But of course, there's going to be a watering down at Step 5 in a minute because you have sense two full sides coming up from the peninsula. And that is going to help us to travel because the player the player fight has always been there. But it'll be brilliant next year if we're if we're going to Exmouth, we're going to Tavistock, and we're going to Bobby Tracy, Newton Spurs, you know, because we're not going anywhere. They're derbies. We could end up with four or five derbies next season. I mean, you know, Parkway are in the league. Now, so clearly, they're pushing very hard to get out of the league. But I think in terms of the travel, we actually enjoy the travel. We we, we really like getting on the bus and getting away for the day. But I, we're not going to be against going to Bobby Tracy, um, like I say, Ivybridge. You know anybody, you know, close and just down the road would be great.
0: Well, the, the short term future is looking good, but I mean, in the long term, when we've spoken before, you know, uh, you, you, I know you've invested a huge amount uh, into into the club, both financially and obviously of your own energies. Is the longer term plan still to play at a higher level than the Western League?
2: One hundred percent. Yeah, that's what we're striving towards. But. You know, our three to five year plan, which we started at the start of the season, if you like, is about developing our own players. It's not about us quadrupling any financial clout we might have. It's about staying sustainable, remaining a local club of local players and giving people opportunities that have come through the ranks. That obviously takes time, you know, and we have to be a little bit patient on that. Um, that's why results, you know, results this season weren't the driving force behind the management change. Um, so what we're what we're trying to do now is, you know, we've given we've given debuts to three 16 year sixteen-year-olds in the last month. You know, seventeen-year-olds involved. All that's playing at our club. You know, that's what we need to do. Now we're aware if we throw three or four of them in together, it's going to be a very difficult afternoon for everybody because they're just not ready. But if we can keep let them one or two go at a time. You know, we're going to get the rewards for that. And if we can develop a side that's strong enough to win the division or win promotion from within, that,
0: that is our target. One final question. I noticed on social media that um, uh, you'd had a floodlight fire, um, which, of course, uh, particularly at our level, at non-league level, that's, um, the infrastructure cost for that can be, um, can be horrendous. Um, how, how's the club coping? How are the repairs coming along?
2: Um, the repairs are, are done. Uh, we are ready to go for tonight's game against Cheddar. They've been tested and approved, and um, you know, that was all done in a week, because it was a week ago today that we um, discovered um, there'd been a small fire. Um, we we test the floodlights on match day in the daytime. Um, then something we've done, our groundsman does that, because we don't want to turn them on at half past five, six o'clock when everyone's travelled and they're not working. Um, this one was causing us a bit of problem so of course we had an investigation and, and there it was so unfortunately the Parkway game had to suffer um, which was a shame because we haven't played at home for, for weeks and weeks and Parkway would be a big crowd for us you know we could have done with that game and we're in good form so we're in a great time to play Parkway but um, but it's fixed um, you know financially um, we're unsure of the total costs um, you know we've used um shall so we say, friends of the club, you know, contacts. So um, hopefully we'll try and keep it down around the 2,000 mark. But it's a blow anyway. You know, it's a blow to us. And, and like I say, we lost the Parkway game to boot. And I know that will come back in, but all the programmes were were printed, all the food was ordered, you know. So it's a, bit, it's a big issue when the game of council on the day.
0: Yeah, uh, Adam, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to speak to us again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I look forward to speaking to you uh, again later in the season, but I suppose, I suppose you never know. You
2: never, you never know when you done.
0: Know. <laughs> and my thanks to Adam for his time. Now we move on to Bridport. Um, they took on the uh, the inform Bradford Town just at the wrong time.
1: Yeah, I don't think you could say Bridport were in-form. Uh, they are struggling a bit at the moment. They conceded nine in midweek, uh, and then unfortunately... Uh, Yeah, repeated the trick on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Yeah, tabletop in Bradford. uh, Came to town and and put nine past them, uh, repeating obviously what Leicester had managed on on Friday night away at Southampton. Uh, And yeah, it was pretty one-sided from first minute to last. I think it was 7-0 at the half-time. So uh, yeah, Bradford uh, firing on all cylinders and uh, a pair of first-half hat-tricks. I don't think I've seen that before. Uh, Matt Morris and Lewis Powell, uh, each bagging trebles uh, before the... Before the break, uh, and there are also goals for Tyson Pollard uh, and Charlie Madison. Uh, so yeah, a pretty, uh, pretty con- well, a thoroughly convincing victory uh, for the Bobcats. And yeah, tab- table topping, doing really well at the moment. But uh, tough times for Bridport. So I think they'll need a, yeah, need a need to pick me up sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, poor old Bridport. Um, they lost um, away at st- uh, Street uh, on Tuesday, and of course. Um, I think one of the things that all Western League watchers have enjoyed this this season, more so than any other, is the, is the engagement that our clubs are giving us on social media and Twitter in particular. And Bridport, very good-humoured. I've always enjoyed following them, actually, um, on Twitter for, for, for the last few seasons, certainly since we've been doing the podcast. But very good-humoured tweet that they posted on Friday in the wake of that um, Leicester City-Southampton game that Tom's just um, referred to. Uh, Hey, we could be part... Of the answer to a future trivia question which two football teams whose home grounds are at st mary's conceded mm. nine goals in a league game in the same week fame at last believe we scored two well i i read that on friday and i thought well i wouldn't ever want a football club that i was associated to, with to be um, to be mentioned in the same breath as southampton but that's probably got something to do with the um, uh, with the fact that i'm from portsmouth however I think poor old, poor old Bridport spoke a little bit too soon because um, anything the Saints can do unfortunately they did exactly the same forget the two they got at, uh, away at street um, that 9 nil score line at home um, was a, a little taste of history repeating itself whether or not that makes it an even more fantastic um, quiz question I don't know but um, they've taken it in good humour and I really hope for everybody connected with that club that they, they turn their fortunes around soon this season because Bridport has, has always been one of those bastions of the Western League a very difficult place to go and get a result although not if you're Bradford Town by the looks of things Anyway, one one more game to talk about in um, uh, in the Premier Division, and it's your hometown club, Tom. It's Odd Down. The visitors were Clevedon.
1: Yeah, another another side struggling at the moment. Odd Down, uh, unfortunately, and, uh, another team to, to lose at home, not quite as heavily as Bridport. But uh, yeah, two nil uh, win for Clevedon away from home. Uh, Zach drew scoring right at the beginning of the game, I think inside the first five minutes. And then that was how it stayed for, for the majority of the game. Uh, and then it was yeah, Sid Camper, uh, four minutes from time, wrapping up the uh, victory. Uh, Clevedon, uh, yeah, 2-0 winners away at Down, who now haven't won in over a couple, uh, over two months in the league, I think. So a uh, bit of a fall from grace for Odd Down, but a, a good win for, for Clevedon. If you're thinking,
0: Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know,
2: DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you.
0: Now, moving on to the first division, um, our first game is Bristol Telephones. Of course, bottom of the table, Bristol Telephones, taking on um, high-flying Ashton and Batwell United. But this game was a lot closer um, than the form book would have suggested.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, eventually. I think Ashton Batwell uh, started really well. Uh, and obviously now, I think, up to third following this for win, uh, taking a, a three-goal lead in this one. A couple of goals from George Jones. Uh, and then Sam Thomas also getting on the on the score sheet for them. And it looked like they were probably going to uh, ease to victory. But uh, yeah, Bristol Telephones managed to to fight back, uh, scoring twice uh, in the second half uh, for Zach Meadows and then uh, substitute Luke Bamfield. Uh, but it was Ashton who, who managed to, to hang on and claim a 3-2 win away from home.
0: I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast Stuart Jones, the manager of Ashton and Backwell United. Stuart, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Your game at the weekend was one of the few games to beat the weather. Were you were you concerned at all before the match that you wouldn't be able to get it on?
3: I was concerned, um, so I left the house a lot earlier than I usually would. The ground's only ten minutes around the corner from me and I'm quite friendly with uh, numerous um, members of the of Bristol Telephones so I got in touch with a couple of them I went there it was immaculate I was so impressed with how well they've done um, so credit to them to be fair
0: um, Obviously Bristol Telephones are having a difficult time of it this season so far although I think perhaps their results probably belie their league position um, and that's pretty much um, how it how it played out it was a close one thing on Saturday wasn't it?
3: Yeah they'll get out i got no I think they'll get out of it the way they played they didn't they didn't give up, um, I must be honest, at 3-0 up we were really comfortable um, until the last 10 minutes and then I think we may have taken our foot off and got comfortable, um, they may have upped it, um, it certainly wasn't down to fitness because my lot are required to do circuits on Mondays at a local gym but um, with what they've got, I'm pretty sure they'll get out of it.
0: I mean, were you ever worried at all that the sort of the great comeback would be on?
3: You always are. You always are, unless you're five nil up. I think you're always worried. Um, you've got. To, we, it's something that we work on quite a lot when we've got the ball and we lose it, um, which is going to happen. We, especially with the way I, we we set up and how we play. So we we do sort of drill that at training in terms of. We've got the ball on the edge of their box. All of a sudden, the ball goes over the midfield's head, and everybody sort of retreats. So we sort of planned for it, but yeah, you're never you're never comfortable unless you're five nil up and there's ten seconds to go.
0: <laughs> now, um, by my reckoning, and I stand to be corrected here, you've been on quite an impressive run, particularly in the league. Am I right in thinking that you haven't been beaten um, since August? We. Yeah, we
3: lost to Um and they done us a favour because they uh, prized open the cracks. Um, so therefore, we went back and sort of altered a few little things, nothing major. We changed a few things around, uh, a few personnel, um, a little, went back to basics in areas. Um, so yeah. Thanks, Olmansbury, you've done us a favour.
0: (laughs) Now that is an impressive run, and it also includes victories over the likes of Carl and Wells. So do you think that those sides, um, who are obviously much fancied in these early parts of the season, do you think that they'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season?
2: Yes, we've played
3: Canton, Wells, Longwell Green. Uh, Three of them, we played them away. Uh, we drew Win Canton and beat Longwell Green at home. So we've, we've faced, I think Longwell Green are going to take some. I think they'll be up there. Um, and I got a funny feeling Win Canton will upset a few as well.
0: What about your own ambitions this season?
3: Uh, yeah, that stays in the lock and chest, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, this week, of course, uh, is very much Les Phillips Cup week. And, of course, you face um, the um, Im- imposing opportunity of taking on um, Bitten, um, which I'm sure is a great opportunity for you and your side. But, I mean, arguably, I suppose, is the more important game um, going to be Welton Rovers at the weekend?
3: Uh, Welton is the more important game, absolutely. I went and watched Bitten against uh, team in the FA Trophy. And what a complete waste of my time! Because the team that I watched is probably not going to play against us, so we can set up and prepare as much as we want. It, it goes back to the old Ranieri Chelsea days, where they got such a wealth of, um, of footballers and very good ones at that. So it, I don't know what we're going to be facing against Bitten, to be honest. So we're we're going to have to uh, wait and see with that one. But absolutely, Welton's a lovely, lovely ground. We, uh, I enjoy going there because the pitch is decent. So that is the more important one, absolutely.
0: Um, they took a point off Cheddar at the weekend, who of course are another one of the league's fancy sides. And I mean, you can't obviously underestimate Welton because you don't know which which side is going to is going to turn up. But I mean, it's a great well, adver- it's a great advertisement for first division football, isn't it? The quality at both ends of the division.
3: I don't think the points tally for the teams that got this year, are not going to be the points tallies of previous years with the 90s. I don't think that's going to be necessarily so. I watched and against the Vises and I was sat behind your good self. Um, when I left, they were 2-0 down and needed snookers. And by the time I got home, they, they were 2-0, so you, you just don't know, do you?
0: No, you certainly don't. I went to get a pint thinking the whole thing was over and I missed the final goal. So there you go. That just, that just goes <laughs> go. to show what I know. Uh, you've got Radstock as well um, um, coming up afterwards. So you're, 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 you're going to be well acquainted with the teams from the Soma Valley. They're having a good season, um, a footballing side like yourself. So uh, would you, you know, going into Christmas, is it a difficult time of the, of the year with the, with the current weather and everything? Is that going to affect the way that your side plays football?
3: You never can tell. Like we, we've got people approaching bookings or the, the the magic five number bookings as well, so that'll probably come into play. Um, years gone by, you, the older experienced bookers would sort of try and get a band for around the Christmas mark, But I'd like to think that mine are a little bit more honest than that. Um, regards to the weather, I think the pitches are better nowadays than what they used to be. So I don't. We had one game last year away somewhere where the pitch wasn't. Great, but apart from that, everywhere else we've been all, all the time has been excellent. I must say, so I'm quite impressed with the division's facilities, To be honest, football pictures-wise,
0: excellent, Stuart. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, be fascinated to keep an eye on your um, results over the over the coming months, and perhaps in the new year we can catch up again and see how you're getting on towards the end of the season.
3: Absolutely. We thought you'd, we'd upset you because you haven't mentioned us on your podcast the last two weeks and I got a telling off by my chairman because I'd upset you, but I said I hadn't spoken to you. So,
0: <laughs> you well, you certainly, you certainly haven't upset me and uh, I'm very pleased that your chairman pays attention to these things. It's, it's, it's excellent to know that people are listening to us, so thanks very much for your support.
3: No problem. It's part of the homework. Take care. <laughs> you.
0: And moving on to something of a Somerset derby between the Cheese Men and the Green Army.
1: Yeah, and it was a, a pretty good game there as well. Finished one all, uh, points shared at, at Bowden's Park, uh, and it was uh, Welton who actually went ahead after half an hour. Uh, Harry Barter scoring his first goal for the club, uh, but uh, Cheddar managed to, to to get back on level terms pretty soon after. Uh, Adam Wright uh, scoring a penalty. Obviously, he's having another pretty good season in front of goal after uh, after being top of the charts last year. Uh, but that was how it stayed. So Cheddar and Cheddar and Welton sharing the points there.
0: Now then, our next match is Lebec United. They took on... Well, we, we're never sure whether we can describe Caution as a side that are in or out of form. It would appear <laughs> on uh, Saturday they were out of it.
1: Yeah, it seems so. Uh, Lebec, uh, another good win for them. Though. They're there now... Uh, I think it's four wins in five in the league, uh, up up into the top half. And, doing, yeah, doing pretty well. A couple of goals from Cameron Brown uh, before half-time, uh, helping them to, to, to a 3-0 win. I think they had another goal in, in stoppage time. Uh, but yeah up to 7th and uh, a good home win for them over Caution
0: and finally Warminster Town were not at the races against Wincanton
1: no but Wincanton definitely are at the races at the moment Uh, now into a share of the lead uh, at the top of the table alongside Carl uh, following this yeah a a pretty well Warminster not doing too well this year just four wins but uh, not an easy place to go I wouldn't say so Wincanton probably be be quite happy to to have left uh, with a 1-0 win Uh, It was uh, obviously a big big mid-week win for Warminster as well, so you could say they're banging form. But uh, it was uh, a goal midway through the the first half from Toby Cole uh, and helping Wincanton to a 1-0 win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We spoke to um, uh, Chris Wise, the manager of Wincanton, of course, on last week's podcast. And although I made the point about Warminster's relatively poor form this season, Chris was absolutely adamant that um, that was going to be uh, a difficult game. And, uh, and so it proved. Um, so that just goes to show how well Wincanton are doing this season and certainly uh, ones to watch. We take a look at the upcoming fixtures. Hopefully the weather gods are smiling on us a little bit more um, this week. Uh, we've got plenty of uh, Les Phillips Cup action um, going on in the midweek, um, starting on Tuesday the 29th of October. We've got plenty of first-round ties, uh, and that extends, of course, onto um, Wednesday the 23rd of October. Now, the vast majority of people who will be listening to this will be listening after those games have taken place. so. It'd be a bit weird to start talking about them now um so we're going to turn our attention to the fixtures on saturday the 2nd of november uh we will of course be talking about our picks for the premier and uh, the premier division and the first division but we have to start with the uh with the fa vars second round ties still got plenty of teams involved in this competition tom which uh, which fixture tickles your fancy
1: uh, I've gone for the all uh, all Premier Division tie uh, between Tavistock and Exmouth. Obviously, two Devon sides who've joined us this year uh, and uh, recently took part in a, a league uh, a league clash against one another, which uh, Exmouth uh, claimed a four-two win, but that was on uh, on home home soil for them. So Tavistock at home uh, on Saturday afternoon in in the Vase, uh, and yeah, obviously be wanting a bit of a uh, bit, bit of payback quite quite soon after, and obviously it's a pretty good chance for, for one of them to get well. One of them will be in the third round. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing it comes out of the top. And, yeah, plenty of other sides, uh, as you say, from, from the Premier Division and then also Warminster in action on, on Saturday in the Vars. And, yeah, fingers crossed a couple of them can, can get through to the next round.
0: Plenty of really interesting matchups. ups um, A couple that really take my eye are the games involving um, South West Peninsula sides, particularly those from the Western Conference, um, the, the Cornish sides, Buckland travelled to St um, uh, which is no easy place to go, not least because they're leading um, that conference. But hot on their heels are Saltash United, and they entertain Bridgewater Town. So two of our strong sides taking on two from the peninsula. It'll be fascinating to see um, who comes out on top in those clashes. <coughs> That's you are you all right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to sort of move my mic away so that I can cough, but it's clearly not working. Throat's right. clear now, I think.
0: But those aren't the pit, those aren't the matches I'm gonna I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for um, Warminster Town at home to AFC Porchester. Um, This isn't another opportunity for me to talk about my Portsmouth roots, but this is an opportunity to celebrate the fact that Warminster town, albeit that their um, league form might not be what they wanted this season. They're still flying the flag in the vase in the second round of that competition. Long may that continue. They're at home. uh, So hopefully um, there's a good chance for them to progress into the next round. And it's fantastic. It just goes to show the depth in our, in our leagues that uh, we've still got a first division side going well in that competition. So I'll be keeping everything crossed for them. Now Moving on to the First Division, Tom, um, which match here tickles your fancy?
1: I've got, well, whether it tickles my fancy or not is uh, an interesting one, but I've gone for Down versus Bridport. We uh, mentioned them uh, earlier in the pod and said how they suffered quite a few defeats recently, but obviously going up against each other, it probably be a nil-nil draw now I've, now I've mentioned that, but uh, something's got to give, you, you'd imagine. Obviously, Bridport probably more in need of a, of a, of a, uh, a boost following a couple of, pretty heavy defeats but odd down probably see this as an opportunity to, to get back on track so uh, an interesting game and and as i say hopefully hopefully for one of them it can be a, a boost for for the, the remainder of the, the the month and well for the calendar year at least and, and can get a bit of form going
0: well i'm going to go for a clash at the other end of the table brislington in fifth take on hallen in sixth uh hallen are at home um and um i think this has got Uh, this is going to be a really competitive um, affair. Um, Two sides of course going um, well in the Premier Division, arguably um, better than perhaps either would have considered at the beginning of the season when we think of the strength you know both sides above the likes of um above the likes of bitten and westbury buckland shepton mallet of course who started the season so well and we've got tavistock still further down in the table as well both of these sides doing very well and i'd be fascinated to see who uh, who comes out in top on uh, in that one so that's going to be a really competitive game in the premier division moving on to the first division which um, which tie are you plumping for there tom
1: yeah, i managed to uh, find a, a game with a couple of top sides. Long, long weathering sports, uh, free game win streak for them. Uh, they host Wales, who obviously are doing pretty well as well, up in fourth. So 54th, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty important game uh, towards the top of the table. And looking forward to seeing uh, who comes out on top.
0: Well, I'm going to go a little bit out of left field, um, but the first division's a little bit out of left field isn't it i think if we know anything about the first division there is no form guide well there's need therefore we need one match to put that to the test table top in Karn Town take on the team in 20th place bottom of the table bristol telephones surely they've got no chance i wouldn't be at all surprised if we're talking about the t- about the phones taking Something from that game um, this time next week on the podcast. Not because Khan aren't a fantastic side, because of course they are, but this is a mad, mad league. Now we are going to have a little chat about the goal scorers. Um, but before we do that, um, I've already referenced um, social media once on um, uh, on the podcast this week because I was uh, I found that uh, that tweet from Bridport quite amusing. Whilst social media is very good at um, um, giving us. A little chuckle from time to time. Of course, it's also another opportunity for clubs to talk about sometimes the sadder news um, that uh, affect them. One of the benefits of social media is that this news is now something that the Western League family can share as a co- as a collective community. Our clubs, in isolation, in their own communities, of course, um, will uh, often operate like a family and um, will uh, will feel each other's triumphs and. And uh, disasters the same, but um, now this this is something that can be shared across across the league, which is a which is which is a good thing. After Tom and I produced the podcast last week, there was uh, I was looking ahead to the to the midweek um, fixtures, and I saw a tweet that went out on October the 23rd from Westbury United, which talked about um, a, a, a long-serving um clubman the uh, the groundsman um Roy Dutchman who suffered a heart attack at the ground preparing the uh, the ground for the um for the match that evening with um, Bridgewater town Roy was taken to the uh, the RUH following that and unfortunately later in the week it was reported um that um, that he sadly passed away so uh, our thoughts go to everybody at Westbury United. What was fascinating, though, was the the, the outpouring of support um, that came from the other Western League clubs. And the um, w- within only a few days, there was a there was a, um, a very moving tribute that appeared on the Plymouth Parkway website, which I saw via, again via Twitter, where they announced that there will be a minute's applause um, held before their game um, to remember. Uh, Roy that was the game um, that was scheduled to go ahead um, with Westbury at the weekend unfortunately that one that one beat the weather but but it was still a very uh, a very important and uh, moving thing to see sadly um, the same club um, Plymouth Parkway have all have had their own have suffered their own loss um, uh, this uh, this week uh, and that is um, Alan Horswell he lost his um, battle with illness and um, and sadly um, passed away. We're not going to remember, or have the opportunity to remember, perhaps every fan of every club. Um, and unfortunately, as our ability to communicate these things becomes more, um, becomes easier, we'll only likely to see more and more messages of this nature. But I thought it was worth highlighting these things on the podcast, perhaps not just in um, reference um, to. Uh, to Alan and to and to Roy, um, but also all of the other people that have passed away, not just this season, but in recent seasons from the clubs from the clubs across the Western League family so our thoughts are with with all of those people and we share these uh, we share these tragedies together and I, I thought it was right that um that we reflect on that in uh, in this week's podcast i'm not going to do it every week um but certainly it was something that struck me um following twitter over the last few days now to finish things on a slightly happier note we're going to have a look at the goal scorers tom and um who are our hot shots
1: uh, so at the moment, uh, we have uh, Adam Carter still uh, pretty pretty far out in front in the Premier Division uh, in terms of league goals. He's got 17. Uh, and then there's a whole raft of players on nine. Uh, we've got Jack Taylor of Bridgewater, Jack Fillingham of Shepton, Lucas Vowles of Clevedon, Josh Egan of Bitten and Gary higgins of Bradford. They're all on nine league goals. Uh, down in the first division, we've got James Rustle of Radstock, top of the, top of the pops, 14 league goals. Uh, And then we've got four other players who've reached double figures. We've got Harry Foster of Wales uh, on 11, and then three chaps on 10. Uh, Stuart Windsor of Carl Adam Wright of Cheddar, and Danny Carter of Longwell Green, who's uh, banging form at the moment. Uh, And then looking at all competitions, uh, Tavistock's Jack Crago still leading the way. He's got 20 goals, uh, plenty of cup goals for him uh, this year. Rustle uh, has got 19, Carter 17. uh, And then, yeah, a lot of the the similar names, as I've, I've mentioned, Foster 14, uh, Higdon 13, and then Taylor and Fillingham both on 12. So uh, yeah, uh, it's very much uh, Russell and uh, Carter the two to chase in terms of big goals so far this season.
0: Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your for your time uh, and battling through illness in order <laughs> to, uh, to 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 do this week's podcast with me. We have of course we've been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that?
1: Uh, yeah, that's on the uh, the website. Uh, there's a table on the top that takes you to the uh, the most recent. Uh, publication and then it's also on the homepage where you can download it as a pdf so uh, yeah that's should be available uh, every weekend uh, covering the covering the games
0: excellent tom thank you very much indeed for your time and i look forward to speaking to you on next week's talk station western League podcast